Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is not the end of my story. My story doesn't stop here. Divorce is not the title of my story. Bankruptcy is not the title of your story. Diagnosis that you got is not the title. The family conflict, the breakup, the, the F on your test in college, it's not the end of your story. It is just a chapter. And if you'll keep breathing and you'll keep talking to God and you'll keep good people around you, you will, you will, you will come come out on the other side, not just breathing, but with a faith that is stronger than before you ever went into the fire. When life feels hard, and by hard I mean miserable, overwhelming, unbearable. Have you ever wondered, where the heck is God? Or are you tempted to think that he's punishing you? Do the painful trials that you go through mean that he's mad at you? Or perhaps you relate to King David when he writes in Psalm 6-6, I am worn out from my groaning. You might say to yourself, yo, David, I feel you. (laughs) But now what? Well, today we have the exact right person on to discuss. Elise Murphy is an author, podcaster, motivational speaker, and she's been a friend of mine going on a decade. (laughs) Uh Elise, my friend, how are you doing? Man, that no pressure, Elise. We have the exact right person to answer all the life's hard questions. Exactly. Ooh, okay, I'm ready. Thank you so much for having me. I'm pumped. Thank you for coming on. And we, we talked beforehand that we're going to try as much as we possibly can to address this difficult subject with our Australian accents in full go. Yes, and before we start, I am going to need to hear it from you. I need you to have one more go at okay. trying to be Australian. Welcome to church. Huh? Sharks. <laughs> I just, I love that you have sharks and church in the same this sentence. This Tuesday. This Tuesday. There's a CH in Tuesday. You could say, welcome to, say this, on Tuesday, we'll be having church with the sharks. This Tuesday, we'll be having church with sharks. <laughs> What's with the grunt in the sharks? Because that's how you guys say it. You really it. have it with conviction. Have it's you ever like watched a show based on Australia like sharks? It's sharks. It is sharks. Have you watched, there's many good Australian they shows. Are great I don't shows. know if we can mention them for trademark Which is a reasons. perfect transition to <laughs> <laughs> the, tough, the tough seasons of life. What a transition. What a transition. What a segue when there are sharks in your life. You know, you know what? what I mean? That's, that, that's Preach, it. somebody. Okay, so Elise, <laughs> let's get after it because we're going to have it. fun on this episode, even though, it, even though it's a heady, uh, intense I episode. Think, listen, I think that the, the heavier the topic, the more you need moments to be able to lighten it up and mm-hmm. laugh. So it is a it is a heavy topic today, but it's one we we've all been there. Whether we've admitted it or not, we've all been in, the, in those moments of really, why me? You know, what did I do wrong? God, are you punishing me? What's why am I walking through this? Mm-hmm. And I mean, since the last time I've seen you, um, we've both had plenty of moments of that in our life, and maybe they look different, but. I have a feeling that people at home would also have been asking that same question maybe recently or or you can remember like it was yesterday, a time when you went, why am I going through this? It's a really hard question to answer. And that's why I think it's an important one, right? Absolutely. So let, let's get after it. Is God punishing you? Is he mad at you? Is he angry with you when you go through really, really hard stuff? Right. I don't believe he is because I believe in a father that's really good. 
Um, I believe that when the Son of God came down and lived a sinless life and took on all of our pain and suffering and sin and shame on the cross and conquered it in that moment and then was raised from the dead three days later, that took the punishment with it. So how could a God that's already given his punishment to Jesus on the cross to pay for our punishment then want to come back around and punish us, right? So so no, I don't believe that it is punishment. But when we were talking about this topic, it just reminds me so much of in the book of Daniel, the three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that went through the fire. And there are times where we all want to be spared from the fire. Like, yeah. No one is sitting, hopefully you're not sitting at home being like, I could really use a fire in my life right about now. It's been, it's been a little, it's been a little like this, the conditions in my life have been a little easy lately. I would love there to be a fire. No one's doing that. Right. But when the fire comes along, I think that God either is with us in the fire to make it through. Sometimes he saves us from the fire. And then other times he's refining us in the fire. One Peter says that. And so I believe that it's less about punishment and more about preparation. You know what word actually was a game changer for me is when you start reading the, and understanding the etymology of the word Israel. Come on, etymology Etymology. with the big words over here. We use that in the States. I know in in Australia. How do you say it in Australian? Well, the other word that you just said that was very Australian was fire. 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 In the fire, mate. We're losing people. Actually, I think we're, that we're keeping we're people. people. I think so. Um, so the, well, the word that I think that, man, when I heard what this word means, helps. Because the word Israel, there's there's many translations, but the, the most common ones are, and, and what, what should Israel, what should that mean? Oh, God's just kicking it. He's awesome. He's holy. Like all those things are great. But the word Israel, God renames Jacob and mm-hmm. he picks this people group that literally means to struggle with God. Yes. I, I'm choosing the people that wrestle with God. And I think, one, that, that uh, there's, there's a couple things happening. One, it validates that, like, life's hard. Yeah. But that, two, the intimacy part. Like, yes. it's not like some standoff thing. It's, I am, you're struggling with me. I, it, it, it's, it's close. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm here with you. And that, to me, is, is, a, is a game changer where it's like the God of, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob identifies as the God who's struggling with you, who's who's mm-hmm. in there with you. But then he's going to be called Emmanuel, yeah, God, God with, us. with us. And to me, it's it's not this like abstract Nirvana thing where it's like, hey, just cease to have desires or this just submission where it's like, ah, I don't know. It's it's intimacy, it's closeness, it's it's wrestling with God, yeah. it's God with you. And I think that's the beauty of, hey, if you're going to go through hard times, right? In this world, you will have trouble, but right? take heart. That's I've the overcome promise. the world. <laughs> So where's the line between God's refining you, God's disciplining you, and things are just terrible? Like, what? how should people view really hard seasons? Because it's like, okay, well, I have this really terrible diagnosis, or like things are yeah, really it's real. terrible right now. Am I being refined? Like, how do we contextualize yeah. the world? And I love that you're bringing up that example of Jacob that was then God changed his name to Israel. But first there was a wrestle. And I think so often we can have this misconception that wrestling with God is a lack of faith. Mm. I think wrestling with God proves our faith. Come on. In order to wrestle with God, you've got to be close with God. In order to wrestle with God, you'll feel his breath. And I think so often we want the answers to life's questions without being close enough to God to feel his breath, close enough to God to wrestle with him. I think wrestling proves your faith. And so I think that there are these seasons and these moments that we walk through. I mean, 
2017, uh, I was married and divorced in the same year. Um, I know what it's like to be in a season where you are begging for God to answer your prayers, begging for him to take away the pain, begging for him to give you a little bit more energy because you know it's a wrestle, but you're just not sure how long you can wrestle for. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was begging for God to save my marriage. This perspective I didn't have at the time is that God ended up saving me from an abusive marriage because that marriage would have destroyed me and destroyed my calling. And God in his Godness knows things that we don't know. But I remember being in that season and being like, are you punishing me? I did everything right. I thought I did everything right. I followed my leaders in church. I, I prayed about this. I had peace about it. We were pure till we were married. Like when you look at any of the ways and we're going to talk real. I thought I had done it right. So why am I in this wrestle? Why am I in this fire? Why is divorce a part of my story? But I think it's in those moments that you've got to remember and you've got to understand that God in his sovereignty knows things that you and I don't know. And there are still questions that I don't have answers to. But what I do have on the other side is peace. I have a faith that cannot be shaken. And I know that even though God didn't save me from the fire, he was with me in the fire. And what burnt up in the fire were the things that were holding me Mm. back from my calling, were the things that were binding me up, that were holding me back from all the things that God had for us. I think that we ask God to use us and then we rebuke him for preparing us. And sometimes that's exactly what the fire is for. Mm. Right at the beginning of that, you said something along the lines of wrestling with God doesn't disqualify or say that again. It was almost, it was, I don't remember honestly, but (laughs) (laughs) it was that like this idea that I think we have this misconception that wrestling with God is like a lack of faith. Or like if you have questions, then it's like, Oh no, you have questions. And it's like, what are you talking about? Questions are amazing. Which leads me to this. I actually wrote this down and and I could have made a much longer list, but if you're going through a trial, you're in very good biblical company. I'm just going to do, do it. Five of these. Job 2.9. His wife said, because life was so bad, curse God and die. Mm-hmm. Elijah, 1 Kings 19.4. He came to a broom brush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. David, Psalm 22.6-7. I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their head. Jeremiah, Jeremiah 2018. Why did I ever come out of the womb to see trouble and sorrow to the end of my days? Mm. Or to, to the to end of my days in shame. You want New Testament? Paul. <laughs> what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? But the very next verse. Thanks be to God who delivers yeah. me through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
we deserve death. We deserve punishment. We deserve from, from, from our sin and rebellion. But thanks be to God who yeah. saves us from all right. of this stuff. So when you read those 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 stories, we could go much, much oh, more yeah. examples of people just in Scripture, which, again, I think is actually quite comforting. A the, thousand percent, that yes. Like, hey, life is terrible. I'm dying. Save me. What can we learn about that? You know, other people going through that, that but then also the ending, uh, which is, but thanks be to God. Yeah. I think that it is comforting, right? Because then suddenly, truly, if you look through this whole thing, where well, there's quite a few pages and a lot more stories, really anyone that was used a lot by God was tested deeply, was put in the fire, was allowed to walk through the fire, was allowed to um, be in these moments where they also looked up and the people around them were like, hey, man. Like, you good? Like, Job's wife cracks me up. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like, that's like reality show stuff right there, where yeah. she's like, curse God and die. Like, thanks, babe, you know? <laughs> but I think that that's the truth, is that we've all been there and we've all gone through it and we're in really, really, really good company. And I think it's in those moments that you go, God, this season doesn't last forever. I would say that to myself all the time during that season of my life. This see, You're a God of seasons. You're a God of cycles, which means though I am in this fire now, though I am walking through this storm now, though it does feel like the valley of the shadow of death right now, I'm still walking. I've still got breath in my lungs. That means that I am still alive. You've still woken me up this morning. And because you sorted it 2000 years ago on the cross, when you died and rose again, I'm going to continue to walk because this is not the end of my story. My story doesn't stop here. Divorce is not the title of my story. Bankruptcy is not the title of your story. Diagnosis that you got is not the title. The family conflict, the breakup, the the F on your test in college, it's not the end of your story. It is just a chapter. And if you'll keep breathing and you'll keep talking to God and you'll keep good people around you, you will, you will, you will come out on the other side, not just breathing, but with a faith that is stronger than before you ever went into the fire. Honestly, I think... The God that knew me before I was born, the one that knew me together in his womb, is the one that just, my name Elise means uh, the promise of God and promised to God. Yeah. And so it's kind of, I realized that only about six months ago that I was like, oh, so I can't help but do this. Yeah. It's not just something I do. I I genuinely feel like I'm promised to God. Wow. Like it's... So when it's one of those things. So in these interviews, if I've taken that person to Israel, I usually make a little, you know, tangent question because we're talking about the promise yes. of Israel. We're talking about Changed the promised my land. Life, that trip. Um, so we went together in 2015 yep. when I was helping lead Israel Collective. Give me one thing that you got out of it, or or, or maybe an overall theme that that uh, your trip to Israel had an impact on you. Oh my gosh, I honestly don't even know where to start. When I went to Israel. Um, I was a girl that uh, I had just moved to America, I think about a year ago. I'm in this big city feeling really lost, just this Aussie girl that's in ministry but doesn't really know she has any friends, you know, that was obsessed with the Bible but had never been to the places that it was written about. And um, I remember the garden tomb. Like I remember that and I still have this photo um, I think Ian took of me that day, one of the guys on the trip with us, who we're still all really good friends, which is I just love that. But I was standing outside it and I remember God speaking to me and I just had this image of Mary and not Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary, the one, Mary Magdalene and Jesus called her name. And 
there was something that just took over me that I felt not audibly, but in my spirit, him calling my name. And it was like this, I'll get emotional talking about it because there's that song that says like, he knows your name. I just butchered it. So sorry. But I felt in this moment, I've been a Christian my whole life, growing up in church. I'm a church kid. We just talked about the fact I can't help it, but it was something about him calling my name and saying, I did it for you. That it wasn't just relatable, it was personal. It wasn't just, oh, wow, this is where maybe it all happened. It was, it happened, but it was for me. And it was so simple and so life altering that I have never, ever forgotten it. And for a second and for a moment, I got to be Mary Magdalene. I got to put my feet in her sandals, question mark. Uh, I got to have this moment where he called my name and he said, I know you feel like your life's really messy. I know you feel like you're too far gone. I know you feel like you're in the fire right now, but it's only preparing you so that I can use you in the ways that you prayed for. Like you asked for this type thing. And I think often we can ask God to use us and, uh, and then he's like, I need to prepare you for that. And I know you're complaining about it, but I'm really on the way to doing the thing. And I really was, when I look back in that season, God was in preparing me for what he had for me. And that was a moment standing outside the garden tomb. One of so many, there was another moment where I know you said one, but no, please, I'm a rule breaker. Let's do it. Uh, breaker. Th they said rule, <laughs> there you go. Come on, <laughs> Australia. Breaker. Uh, when they said to us, we went on this like one of the little tangent tours, I think. And they were like, we know Jesus stood here. And I was like, caught my attention. Cause there's so many places in Israel that you go that like, this isn't one option. This could have been, this is maybe, this is yeah. probably, but I said, hold up. Jesus was here. And they were like, yes, we know for sure that Jesus was here in what remains of this like temple area, but you can't go, um, he can't go through the rope. And I'm t the rope was about as high as this table. And I said, what? You can't go through the rope. I'm going through the rope. What are you talking about? Like, why are we, Jesus was here in that. And I was like, okay. So they walked over to do something spiritual. I don't know. And I was like, all right, I'm out. Jumped over the rope and just, I don't think I'm allowed to. Please don't arrest me. Please don't arrest me. I can't go to jail. It'll ruin everything. But <laughs> I jumped over the rope and I just remember putting my feet where they said Jesus' feet were. And I was like, it was the most surreal experience. I wonder if that's the entrance to the Temple Mount on the Southern Steps. Maybe. Maybe. You would know better than me. So the majority <laughs> of the Southern Steps still exist. Well, not majority. A lot of them still exist. Um, the entrance and, and the exits have been walled off. Uh, and a lot of the stairs have been recreated. Right. The, but the, so there's a choke point where you would enter the temple from the Southern Steps. And you, if you see it, you're like, oh, that's obviously a recreated step. But the actual foundation steps right at that choke point, maybe when you enter the temple, are original. And that's and obviously Jesus, Jesus yes. went to the temple. So there's like I want to say maybe two or three large paving stones. That's one of a few places you can say with 99%, 99.9% confidence of these stones from you know maybe here to the wall. Yeshua of that's Nazareth, his sandals. That is so wild. Like I was standing there. It was my first trip to Israel. I haven't been back since. I need to go back now. So Raj, I need you to make I that happen. You. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I, I was like, who are we just going to stand around and be like, oh, Jesus stood over there and I'm not going to jump over this little rope to go stand <laughs> with my savior. No, thank you. Like you can, whatever. Like it was incredible. But the whole trip, honestly, 
it changed the way I saw the Bible. Because then you go back to the Bible and you're reading these stories and you're like, wait, I was on the Sea of Galilee. Mm-hmm. I was there. I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. I, I I know where the like mountain that he was preaching from the Sermon on the Mount was. I've sat there. Mm-hmm. And it looks so much different in real life than it did in my head. Yeah. And then the... Oh, it was just so many things. You could be here for days talking yeah. about it. Well, but. I think another one is, there's a common one. It's like that we have this depiction of Jesus being crucified on some like huge hill. Yes. It doesn't really say that. It says a place called the Golgotha, called yes. the skull. And more than likely, he was probably crucified like right along in the streets. Because if you think about it, people could read above his head, King of the Jews, they were mocking him, whatever. Yes. So it might have been literally like street signs would have been him being crucified. But one of the one of the things I wanted to read, because I always like to read scripture, uh, is it's a very famous scripture. You about to read Isaiah? Wow. Do you know that the, the, they have a, a complete book of Isaiah in the Dead Sea Scrolls? I think it's not a coincidence that the Dead Sea Scrolls, of the Dead Sea Scrolls, the book of Isaiah is probably the most complete. Really? Yeah. Um, just a side note, if you want to be Australian, you are going to need to call it Isaiah. Isaiah. There you go. This so is from Isaiah yep, nice. 53? Yeah. Isaiah 53.3. He was, think about this, the creator of billions of trillions of galaxies. He was despised mm. and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar Familiar with pain, familiar with hey, your yeah, pain, yeah, yeah, yeah. like one from who people hide their faces, shame, guilt, depression. Yeah, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely, this is for you. He took up our pain mm. and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, afflicted by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. Yeah. And by his wounds we are there healed. There you go. We were talking about the start. Ooh-wee. Man, I love How that. How good is that issue of Nazareth guy, man? Uh, he's a good one, isn't he? Mm. There's uh, another one in Isaiah 43, because we were talking about the fires, like when you kind of go through that, and we see it in Daniel 3, the story we mentioned at the start with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they say, um, our God can rescue us from this. And then they say, and he will rescue us from your hand. We often skip over that. O king, Mm -hmm. he will rescue us from your hand. Whether we go through the fire or not, whether we survive the fire or not, make no mistake about it, he will rescue us from your hand. Whether he rescues us from going into the fire or he rescues us in the fire or he rescues us and we're made perfect by going to be with him, he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. Mm -hmm. And then they go in the fire and then King Nebuchadnezzar looks in the fire and there's a fourth man in the fire and it looks like the son of God. And I love that some scholars have said that it looks like it was an angel or whatever. I think that it was a pre precursor. pre precursor to Jesus. That there are sometimes in the Old Testament where we see a pre visitation yeah. of of Jesus before the New Testament, and this is why I think it is because again in Isaiah forty three it says this: "Do not fear, for I have redeemed you; I have called you by name; you are mine. So when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and when you walk through the fire, you will not be scorned." nor will the flame burn you. I think that there are some things we go through in life where he's not just going to send an angel. He's going to show up in the fire with us. And so the fire is not punishment. It is preparation. Wow. 
but it's also not a place where you're left to fend for yourself. If you look around spiritually, metaphorically, whatever, he is in the fire with you, whether you can see him or not. Cause the boys couldn't, we don't have any record that the boys saw that he was in the fire with them. The King saw it. That's a good point. Other people saw it. That's and he was like, a wait point. a second, who's the fourth man? I sent three guys in there. Doesn't say that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego looked around. They were like, what's up, Jesus, my yeah. guy. I knew you was going to show up. We have no record that they knew that there was somebody in the fire with them. And then when the king called them out of the fire, notice he didn't call the fourth man. He was like, all right, get the three guys, whatever that is in the fire with them, keep that in there. I don't want that close to me. He pulled the three boys out and it says that all that was burnt up was the ropes that they had gone in with, but they didn't even smell like smoke. And I just love that, that even if you can't see it right now, he's in there in the fire with you. There are some things I think in life that because he relates and because he's always contending for us, because he's our great advocate, that there are some things because he's experienced it, because he put on human flesh and was 100% God and 100% man, he knows I'm going to be with them in, in this one. This one, I can't just send an angel. I'm not just going to send a Bible verse for them. I'm going to show up in those moments. And I think that's why when you wrestle with God, you know him deeper. You know him in a more intimate way because you've been through it and you didn't just survive. But in a sense, now you're, now you're ready. Mm. Someone's faith, I think that when you've been through the fire and come out the other side, um, I think you're ready. That's so good, sis. You know what's interesting is on a lot of episodes of Can I Trust the Bible, if you would talk about what characters come up the most, it's like Jesus, David, Abraham, Moses. But right here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Amendigo. Really? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I think there's something. Like your mascots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe it's, I don't know, God saying like, hey, maybe soon, maybe even if it isn't literal fire, like standing for what you believe in. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think the courage of those people it's not just courage for the sake of, of being brave or whatever. It's like, I'm trusting. Yeah. I'm trusting God. And, and, and maybe one of the outgrowths of these fiery seasons is that what used to be kind of an ethereal faith, because there's no theological implications about what I'm about to say. But when people say I have faith in Christ, it always seems a little uh, disconnected. I like the idea of trust in Jesus because mm. you replace faith with trust. It's the same idea. Mm. Christ, which is fine, Messiah, Mishiach. But Jesus, it's it's so much more personal. And, and mm. to me, going through the fires, it's like, I, I trust you. So listen, we could talk all day long. I yeah. want to hear about all the Australian. What's one more Australian we're not going to have? Ooh, Vegemite. Vegemite. It's not good. <laughs> Tim Tams, I'll give you Next that. Next time I come back, I'm gonna we're going to do a taste test. Vegemite. I'm going to show you how to do it right. I wonder if you put Vegemite if sharks would eat you. Uh, yes. Sharks would eat you probably because they'd be offended by the Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Elise, we're going to end on one sort of bringing it home. Bring note. it home. Bring it home note. My friend here is is going through it. Mm -hmm. They're legitimately going through it. They clicked on this video because they are going through it. And they're like, all right, I don't know why, but I clicked on this video. And now you're on their screen. What would you say to them? He sees you. He doesn't just see you. He's with you. And I think that I would say to someone that is going through the fire, I know I don't know your fire, but I know what that feels like. And I promise you that you will come out the other side. I don't know uh, if everything's going to be okay. I don't know what's going to get burnt up in the fire. I don't know what things God is preparing you for on the other side. But I know that you make it through this. 
And uh, one of my absolute heroes in the faith, Beth Moore, she says that often God will call somebody and he will send them on their way. And just as they think that they're on that path and they're getting their life sorted, and I'm paraphrasing, but, but you feel like you're on your feet and you're ready to go, something happens in life to humble and crumble them. And that's probably what you're experiencing right now, that humbling and crumbling season, sometimes to the point where you feel like, God, you couldn't possibly use me now, not after this season. But little do you know that actually it's right now this moment where you feel like you've been too burnt up, too scorched by the fire, maybe smelling like smoke, that you're actually ready to stand and be used by God. And I'm telling you, if you will trust him, if you will hold on to him and not let go, even in the wrestling, especially in the wrestling, not only will you get to the other side, but you'll have a whole new identity to go with it a whole new faith that has been tested, that has been refined, like Peter says in 1 Peter, and has been tested to be true. And when you do come out on the other side, maybe you'll have a moment where, I don't know if you'll look into a camera, but you'll certainly be sitting across on a couch or on the other side of a table and be able to tell somebody else that's going through their fire your story. And sometimes it's in that very moment that you realize that maybe you don't have all the answers right now, but God will use your story to rescue somebody else from their fire. So do not, please, I beg you, do not give up. Do not quit. Because this season, it doesn't last forever. And your faith on the other side will have been forged by the fire.